Look out, I need is 116. The brag on my king, Rome is 116. We brag about him daily cause he runs this thing. Can I do it? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Can I do it? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We rep the Lord truly. We hitting straight ahead and we ain't trying to hit no you man. They can't do that in two. My Surrender Church family. I know by looking at me, you can tell that I'm a huge fan of rap. And my favorite rappers are all part of the 116 Click, which is a group of Christian rappers that are not ashamed of Jesus and talking about Jesus. They're actually really good, so you should check them out. Lecrae and Andy Minio and stuff like that. Uh, well, today we're going to be talking about Romans 116, which is the verse that they are taking their name from, 116. So Romans 116 is what we're going to be talking about today. Romans 116 is an emotional declaration of confidence in God's amazing good news that we call the gospel. Jesus was not ashamed to be called a human, which is kind of nuts because humans are crazy. So because of his work on behalf of me, because of his death on the cross, his resurrection, I also am not ashamed to call him my Lord and to have confidence in what he has done. I can claim him just like he claims me. He loved me first, so I love him back. Romans 1.16 For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. If anyone has proved that they're not ashamed to tell people about Jesus and all that Jesus has done for them, it was Paul. Let me tell you a few things that happened in his life. He was imprisoned in Philippi. He was chased out of Thessalonica. He was smuggled out of Berea. He was sneered at in Athens. He was regarded as a fool or called an idiot in Corinth. And he was stoned in Galatia. That's, he had rocks thrown at him, not the other kind. But Paul always was eager and excited to share this gospel, this good news, with anyone that he met. And he was making plans to go to even more dangerous places where they had promised to put him to death, but he was not afraid at all. He's not ashamed of the gospel. So Paul was definitely not ashamed of the gospel. You know, Paul believed that it was a life-giving message, and it was worth everything in his life to share this life-giving message with whoever he came across. No matter how they responded, he was willing to give his life to share this wonderful good news with people. How about a Spurgeon quote? Spurgeon said, When we preach Christ crucified, we have no reason to stammer or stutter, or hesitate, or apologize. There is nothing in the gospel of which we have any cause to be ashamed. But you know, the world rejects this gospel categorically. They just flat out reject it. It's too narrow to say that only Jesus saves. It goes against my pride to say that I have to humble myself and ask Jesus for his grace. It goes against my will because 
I want to do my will, not God's will for me. And the gospel requires faith. I have to put my trust in God through Jesus for the gospel to be of any use for me. And for the world, faith is a scary thing. Faith is an unnatural thing. So to put our faith in Jesus is obviously something that is not going to come easy to the world. But if you look at it, that's just how the gospel works. The gospel works through faith. We have the gospel here, and then we have it's, it's good for everyone who believes. It is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. And believes is a word that just means, you know, has faith. Are we going to put our faith in his gospel? So the world just categorically rejects the gospel. But for anyone who understands their predicament, understands what situation we find ourselves in, the gospel is life. The gospel is God's power of salvation. For anyone that is ashamed of their sin. In other words, if you have really looked at the law, have you really stared at the law, have you really let it search your heart, have you really seen that you have fallen short of God's perfect, holy standard for a human life. If you've, if you've done that, then the gospel is indeed good news. In fact, that's what the word gospel means, is good news. So if you've actually read the Ten Commandments, you realize that you've broken all of them, and so you need some good news when the Ten Commandments are simply bad news. The Ten Commandments just say, you're guilty. We need something else to bring us some good news. And that is this gospel. And that's why we're not ashamed of it. We are ashamed of our sin, but we're not ashamed of God's solution to our sin. So this gospel is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. That's how it works, by faith. For the Jew first and also for the Greek. So we have those two uh, groups of people. And that just means people who were religious and knew about God and about what he was like. And it works also for people who had no clue, who were not religious, who had no idea what God was like or what he intended uh, for their lives. But the gospel works just as well for both groups of people. The gospel is the power of God for salvation. So what does it mean that the gospel gives us salvation or is the power of God to salvation? Um, let me explain by drawing a chart here of basically explaining three ways that the gospel brings salvation into our life. We have, uh, we'll, do, we'll do this, we'll say past, present, and future. And the church words we have for these are justification, sanctification, and glorification. This one is how we start out with God. This one is how we continue or grow. 
And the last one is when we will be perfect in heaven. So when we say that the gospel brings salvation to everyone who believes, what we mean is that all three phases of our life, our past, our present, and our future, are completely dealt with and taken care of by this gospel. In other words, the past, we were justified, which means in God's eyes, our standing, the way he looks at us is that it's just as if I'd never sinned. All is forgiven, and in standing, you are perfectly holy, and you are perfectly adopted as his child, and there's nothing uh, that you have to worry about in standing. Once you once, And that happens once you believe. It's how you started out a relationship with God. That was a free gift given to you. Then the next phase of our Christian life is from the moment we believe until the moment we die, that process where we are growing to, to uh, trust in Jesus more, to walk with him, and we're growing in what's called sanctification, where we're learning how to live a life uh, that glorifies God and uh, learn how to really trust him in all the circumstances that happen to us in our life. And then our future is when we die, we get glorification, which means we get a new body and we are saved completely from even the presence of sin. So you could say that the past uh, saved us, uh, the justification saved us from the penalty of sin. We were forgiven. The present sanctification saves us from the power of sin in our life. Uh, we can overcome the power of sin through that same faith in Jesus. And in the future, we'll be saved even from the presence of sin. We'll have glorified bodies. We won't struggle with sin anymore. But all of this put together is the complete salvation that Paul is not ashamed to talk about, that we are not ashamed to live in and to um, experience. But I want you to remember that each of these things, each of these things that we talked about, the justification, the sanctification, and the glorification, they all connect back to one thing that we do, and that is believe. Believing in Jesus. That means putting our hope completely in him, placing our confidence in him. So when someone asks, how, how do you stand before God? Well, that's justification. So I stand before God by believing in the gospel of Jesus. That's the only way I can stand. He died for me. He rose from the dead. Uh, and he lives in heaven interceding for me. It is through him that I am justified. Well, how then do we grow? Well, here's the thing. The gospel works the same way. We grow through believing in the gospel of Jesus. Still, it doesn't matter how hard you try or all the effort that you put in or how much you want to grow. None of those things are going to work. How much you go to church, how much you read the Bible, it's not going to make a difference. It's are we going to place our confidence? Are we going to learn that we can trust him daily, moment by moment, to walk in his spirit? It means we are believing that he is sufficient for us. Every part of the gospel for us is believing on what Jesus has already accomplished. We're not adding to anything he did. We're believing in what he did. And then his life is lived through us as we walk in the gospel. Not ashamed of it, 
but walking in it, living it every single day. That's what this verse is about. Now, let's get together and talk more about it. Let's develop a real good definition of the gospel just in our groups, in our church locations. Uh, we love you, and I'm so excited that God has brought us together so that we can uh, rejoice in what Jesus has done for us and care about each other, bear one another's burdens, love each other uh, as Jesus has, has commanded us to do and put it in our heart to do as we care for each other. We'll talk to you guys soon. Uno, uno, seis. Una, uno, uno, seis. Una, uno, uno, seis. Please don't get up in my way.